You're listening to The Sauropod. I'm Justin Zeppa, and on behalf of my co-host, Mr. Aaron Bales, this is Van Splanen. Okay, okay, so Aaron, Eddie comes on stage and he's like, Okay. Okay, but then he's all like, Right. Okay, but then he's like, Taken out of the context of the band, it's definitely not as exciting. Okay, but then he's like, Okay. I knew we'd get there. You're listening to the mighty Vance Blaman. And the crowd's just like, Eddie, 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 Eddie. They're just chanting. Oh, okay. Welcome, welcome, all my fellow Atomic Punks, Little Dreamers, and Ice Cream Men. I'm your host, Justin Zeppa. Welcoming you to the first episode of Van Splanen, the life and high times of King Edward Van Halen, uh, a personal journey through the history of one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Uh, I'm joined here by the, with the, by the, with the, I'm joined here, joined by, I'm joined here with, I'm here with and joined by that stentorian baritone you just heard there. He's a local legend. Us in the Michigan guitar community, we call him Slim Pickens. What we do now, that's never happened before, but now it is. It's Mr. Aaron McLeod Bales. You know, <laughs> I, I've I've been accused of being a serial nickname granter. You know, someone that tries to make nicknames guilty. Stick. I could, yeah. And I've never actually had a nickname, and I, I wonder if maybe that's what it is. It's trying to do. You want do somebody to, to give you a nickname? I wonder if subconsciously that's. I'm just trying to make up for my lack of nickname. Well, we yeah. could, I guess, yeah, I mean, because I guess everything is mostly a play on your actual name, isn't it? Well, it could be, yeah. We do Ron uh-huh. sometimes. Uh-huh. A. Bales. I mean, A-A-Ron a- is a... A-A-Ron, sure. Pretty popular these days. What do you, I mean, do you have a, a vibe that you would like for... Well, see, I think the minute you start doing that... It's you, over. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> like, hey, I mean, like, call me Sting. <laughs> right. I'm going to call you Sting. <laughs> What's his um, name? Gordon? It is, yeah, Gordon <laughs> Sumner. Gordon the Summoner. Get off it, Gordon. Yeah. Um, that may have been a Dana Carvey thing, actually. It was indeed. It was. It's oh, <laughs> it a, a rough um, start. When that's cool. You're just chopping broccoli over yeah. there. We all know. Yeah. We all know. <laughs> uh, anyway, Aaron, welcome to the show. I know you out there in listener land, you're wondering where's my core four? Where, where's Finnegan Risley? Where's your Thomas Joseph Michael Joseph Michael McCartan? Where's your James Ongren? And I'm here to tell you that they're around. They're here. Now, it could be argued that Tom McCartan has actually been co-hosting Van Splanen with me for the past 20 years, but we just haven't been recording at all. <laughs> so we're going to give Tommy a break because he's been hearing about this for as long as he's known me. Well, um, there might be just, this might be too much passion, not enough fashion for those guys, you know? Well, there's definitely... The fashion is all wrong. Yeah. Um, I could definitely say that. That's one of the issues we face with this band. 
But also, I wanted to sort of recapture some magic we had. Now, Aaron and I uh, are both musicians uh, of some repute. We've been uh, playing music together for the past 10 or so years. Yep. And back in the day, I had a, a piece of shit car that had to be jump-started every time it needed to go anywhere. And so Aaron was a, was a real champion, and he would swing by the house on the way to band practice, and he would pick me up in his uh, it was a truck, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was a 96 Dodge Dakota. Oh, that's a good year for Dodge cherry. Dakotas. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> Comfy, too. Like grandfather's farm truck is what it was originally. Man, that, and that was perfect yeah. for us. That's that's how we arrived on the scene in fashionable Tony Ann Arbor for our, our brand practices. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we, during those long rides, and then when we would go down to Detroit, we, you know, do a lot of chatting. Like, we're not sitting in silence like a couple of sociopaths. Like, we're talking <laughs> the whole time, and mostly we're talking about music. And uh, Aaron's an excellent listener and feeder backer and everything. And no, don't, uh, don't sociopaths if they're successful ones, don't they understand like the need to make conversation for, you know, for appearances sake? Oh, is that what you were doing? Well, I don't, is that- I mean, it seems like if you're, if you're a highly successful sociopath, you don't sit sure. in silence because you've got the awareness that, you know, the, the meat sacks around you all have conversations. So you need to, <laughs> right. It would behoove them. me <laughs> right. to my survival is predicated on me being able to talk about this shit. Um, but it's such a fine line though, because as an introvert, I kind of feel that way sometimes, right. like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't it's know. Like, we'll leave it like up Tom's to Tom's favorite Grateful Dead song. You know, it's shades of gray right there. Shades of gray. Yeah. No, can I? On, on the intro. You can. I'm going to stop you right there. May, you can. May yeah, I? You, well, no, you may even. I mean, obviously, I can because I am. But <laughs> And you will. The, uh, you should. The intro, you, you referred to Edward Van Halen as one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Sure. But part of part of my understanding of the, the whole purpose here, the the raison, however you say that, detrad, yeah, detrad, uh-huh, you know, mm-hmm. the, is that you're, you're trying to mansplain, vansplain to me about his peak on that mountain of guitar players. I'm going to... He's on the... He is the pinnacle. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, The the entire reason for this show... Well, okay, so that... What is your understanding of what this show is about? Because I talked to you... I asked you if you wanted to do a show, and then you said yes, which I'm, I'm grateful for. And I said it was very special, but I didn't give you any details until about three days ago. And so what? what do you think you're doing here? My understanding... Is that as as someone who is maybe a I don't know a Van Halen agnostic is not exactly the right word, mm-hmm. but you know I've, there there's some that I like, there's some that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're not someone that I necessarily reach for when it's time to listen, but they're not necessarily someone if they come on, I don't change the channel either. <laughs> but you're so, not you're not necessarily going out of your way to no. Down I mean a, I I, I couldn't tell you about Eddie. Getting cancer from the the metal pick in his sure, mouth, like, yeah. like you you could, mm-hmm. I could, um, I could, and we will. We're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think my my understanding is that a it's an excuse to hang out, and b True. that you're going to you're going to lead me down the rabbit hole and give me a master's class on. Edward Van Halen. You are kind of a, a proxy for the planet at this point. because <laughs> So you you represent all of mankind uh, at this point. People who are not Van Halen fans to begin with, which I should address them now. All, all you Van Halen people, I mean, come on, we're family. 
I know you. You know me. We've been together. We've been to the shows. We've seen the man. I don't need to sell you on this. So some of this is going to be preaching to the choir uh, a little bit because it's not. This is not for you necessarily. It's. Uh, I'm trying to get it out to the people. I'm trying to uh, share the love, as it were, because I kind of feel like there is a cultural crime that's been committed. You have, in my estimation, and uh, the opinion of many others, a verifiable musical genius. He's the real deal. Like, you only get a handful every century or so, and he just happens to be one of them. And everybody kind of recognized it, like his his guitar playing back in the late 70s when it landed on everybody's turntables did sort of, it was uh, usher in sort of like a sea change of, of sorts with guitar playing. And it became, you know, pretty well-known Eddie Van Halen. He's the guy. He's your guitar guy to go to. There's Jimi Hendrix, there's all the British dudes, and there's Eddie Van Halen. And that happened in a matter of about four records, like the first four records, like he had kind of rewritten the book on how you play the electric guitar. Now, I want to be, I should also detour here and say this is specifically for rock and roll music, because I know, listen, I'm out there on YouTube. I go to YouTube too, you guys out there in listener land. Like I've been there. I read the comments. I know what happens out there. We're going to get into some of that too, but I'll read the comments. Listen, everybody's got an opinion. I understand this and everybody, this is like a, this is, uh, you know, I'm talking about my guy here. And if, if you like Joe Satriani better, that's great. So I know also, I know, uh, believe me, you guys, I've been out there. I know Al Demiola and John McLaughlin and, uh, Ingve, your Ingve Malmsteens and things like that. I get it. Like, there's a lot of virtuosos out there, but some of that stuff is jazzy. Some of it's fusiony. Uh, some of it is classical, wholly classical in nature. And they're all wonderful guitar players. But we're talking about rock and roll, everybody. Um, Aaron, let me ask you a quick question. Do you like to rock? You know, I would. I mean, when ACDC is talking about that, they're saluting me, actually. Oh, are they? Okay, yep. so when they light off the cannons, they're, th- that's a salute in I your mean, honor. Perpetually, I'm, I'm amongst those who are about to rock. Uh, as somebody yeah. who has played musical instruments in the same room as with you, I can testify to that fact. That that is true. Aaron's a bit of a rocker. I mean, we've we've made some joyful noise together. We absolutely have. I sh- okay, so I should clarify. Aaron's a guitar player. I'm a guitar player. Uh, we've both been at it for a while. It's our our instrument of choice. Would you say like that's your go to oh, yeah. thing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what I'm going to do is try to articulate for the common man. Uh, some of the more brilliant moments of Eddie Van Halen's musical canon, I guess. And you're, you're trying to show me the full view of him, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because there is a narrative, right? Uh, There's a narrative in place. And this is kind of what it's, it's something that I think I know it irks me. I think it irks some of the other diehard fans. You've got this guy. He's a great, I mean, he's a, he's like a prodigy. He's a guitar prodigy. And he's also a great songwriter too. Like he's got the hits. Like mm-hmm. it's not just the squiddly doos. It's uh, you got number one songs well, that's, too. That's the the thing that sticks out to me about him is as far as your your virtuoso players. Mm-hmm. And I don't need convincing that he's virtuoso, but you compare him to like your, I don't know, Satriani's or Steve Vai's or all those people that were in guitar magazines when I was sure. growing up. You <laughs> <Yep>. know. <laughs> Get Joe yep. Satriani's tone. <laughs> Three easy moves. Get the jammy. Cut a handle right into the guitar. You can carry it anywhere. Right. Cutting heads with Steve Vai. <laughs> but uh, 
And if I could get more Ralph Macchio references as we go, I'm going to be a real happy We guy. need to pull some drops from Crossroads, yeah. I think. Uh, but, there's got to be something good in there. I mean, that's the, the thing about Eddie is, is he does have that commercial success. Yes. You know, unlike some of those other guys, I mean, Eddie's, you know, like Scrooge McDuck, I assume swimming in his royalty money if they if they had any decent contracts. Right. Which Is that a real thing? Can that be done? I feel like I saw an internet article about it, but I just read the headline and did not read the I, actual article. I would not want to be the first to try that. It's just a bunch of metal, right? Yeah. Like why? I mean, truly, that sounds terrible. Get a pool. Buy a pool. Yeah. You have the cash. I mean, this is not like a, a ball pit. It is not. I mean, no. but they make it seem that way, and it does it's look true. like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's almost as if Disney is not really using physics in their cartoons or something. That doesn't seem right. They no. seem like they've got, uh, they have the, the manpower to figure that kind of stuff out. <laughs> I do. I like the fact that Scrooge McDuck, when he does go swimming in his money, uh, his vault, he wears like an old, old timey 1920s bathing does, suit. Does <laughs> do you think it's like a body shame issue? Like, do you think that's just what makes him, I mean, he's older, just doing like, I don't want to scare the nephews. Yeah. Naturally pear shaped as, as ducks are. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I mean, how Things are sagging at a certain age. Yeah. Um, great, great questions. All of which will be addressed here on Van Splainin. Van Splain to me how this all works. Absolutely, we're going to Van Splain everything. Whatever you can think of, we'll Van Splain it, and we'll somehow tie it right back to the man, Mister Eddie Van Halen. So, like you say, though, like so, he's got he's got the uh, he's got the guitar chops, but he's also got the pop chops. However, this is where we start treading in. Uh, murky waters, so to speak, because one of the reasons for their success as a band, I feel, is the fact that they have like actual pop songs, which implies that they have lead singers. And so here's here's the issue, and here's here's the rub, so to speak. It's the fact that once upon a time, Van Halen was known as a band with the greatest living uh, rock and roll guitar player in it. Then they just started filing through lead singers like it was their jobs, which I guess it kind of was. Right. But that has become the narrative now. Like when you hear about Van Halen, you think of the assless chaps and you think of uh, Gary Sharon, <laughs> Gary Sharon. You think of Cabo Wabo Tequila and you think of the the drama around the lead singer swaps and they, they swap a lot. They're doing a lot of singer swaps. And then so then the narrative becomes that like, well, nobody can get along with with the brothers and and they happen to, and, and they're just like too grumpy and they can't be bothered to deal with anybody so so that's the end i guess and that kind of that doesn't ring true to me necessarily because as i look at this situation with adult eyes and clearly i have a lot of time on my hands if i'm doing this but i do do it i'm starting to reevaluate some thoughts about about this narrative and so that's what we're gonna we're gonna delve into that a little bit but mostly this is a this is about the music this is a we're gonna be talking tunes but we're also like it's inevitable we're gonna be talking about the singer situation yeah because you can't not you can't not it is a part of it but that's your i mean you what you want to do is you want to focus on changing the narrative let's just remember yeah let's remember that we've got one of the great virtuosos and songwriters of the 20th and maybe 21st century we'll see how that pans out but definitely 20th century available and the dude's still alive too he's only 60 something like he's around like why are we not celebrating him like we always uh you know we every like when you talk about guitar electric guitar playing like people automatically think of the big ones right you got Jimi hendrix you got your Jimmy Page. 
You got your Eric Clapton. You got your Jeff Becks. Steve Guitar Miller. Steve Guitar Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Abracadabra Steve Miller, right? Right. Now, this is interesting. Side note. So, we were were recording the other day, uh, me and the fellas, and we were discussing whether or not Abracadabra gets played on the radio an awful lot lately. And, and I see, I haven't, I've not noticed that trend, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Well, and I don't really listen to the radio much myself, but I'm being told by others that Abracadabra is making a lot of appearances on the radio. Now, you, are you, you're familiar with the song? No. Abra, Abracadabra, I want to reach out and grab you. Now, if that doesn't scream number one hit, I don't know what does. Yeah. But the point is, it was at number one, and it's arguably Steve Miller, who is terrible like those songs are terrible i think yeah um sorry steve miller heads as they as they turn <laughs> off their their ipods or what have iphones uh, all five of them. <laughs> steve himself has hit pause and is wondering if he wants to continue down this road with us <laughs> but that was like a definitely not a hit but it was a single so yeah. the, the theory is we're wondering if like whoever clear channel or whoever owns the library of radio songs if they're trying to gaslight millennials into thinking that like well steve miller he's got a bunch of hits you right. know, jet airliner and uh uh the, take the, the money and run right and the joker and all these yep. things like and then let's just slip abracadabra in right. there and just see if they they'll buy it you know yeah. like why wouldn't they if they love and the kids love their steve miller <laughs> from my understanding but i think you know it's it's open for debate i think uh i think we should all be reconsidering that as well but perhaps on another podcast maybe the the whole Les Paul was his mentor narrative. Is that true? I, I, is that a part like, of the legend? I feel like that is, as far as Steve Miller facts, that's one of the ones you hear. Is it really? Yeah, I remember doing... Do you have uh, any other Steve Miller facts, by yeah, the way? So, okay. So, I was I was doing a, a report or a paper on, I guess in college it's a paper, right? Sure. About back, the back then, yeah. Monterey Pop Festival, you know, precursor to Woodstock. Back in 67. First, yep. First, like... At least, in my understanding, like the first big sort of fusion festival, sure, different genres. I mean, that's that's some incredible stuff. Oof, that the, Otis uh, set, man. Yeah, that Cooks, Otis. And, well, shake. the Jimmy set and the Jimmy set yeah. and the Who. My my dad had that had a vinyl. They had Jimmy on one side, Otis on the other. Oh man, <laughs> lights out. Yeah, I wore that thing out. Yeah, that's, sure. That's incredible. Sure. Um, yeah, there's. Interviews. Uh, I someone in someone in my dorm had a box set from that, oh, and okay. I was able to you know borrow it and extensive liner notes. And Steve Miller was talking about like it's probably pretty revolutionary at the time, but he was talking about like his his amp setup and his pedals and preamps and whatever. Like people cared about how Steve Miller gets his guitar sound, <laughs> how he dials in his tone. Yeah, but it, he was, was probably, he there? Was he playing at the Monterey? Uh, yeah, I guess so. How and old is Steve Miller? Boy, ninety? Like what? I don't know. I, I'm I'm tempted to What's grab this? my phone, but I don't know if we're allowed to do that. No, I mean, you can if you want to, but it's just Steve Miller, so fuck it. Yeah. Like, uh, but like, is but he yeah, was that, a hit that, like a hitmaker in the seventies? I thought. Uh, yeah, I guess he was. He was doing it in '67 because okay, he was telling us all, all about how he got his tone for something and and what a tone it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, maybe it was. I, I couldn't tell you what he sounded like there. Maybe it was incredible. Maybe it was groundbreaking and revolutionary. But 
Again, that's not the narrative with Steve Miller. It's maybe it's, we need to rewrite his narrative. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the Joker. Wow, wow, he is the Joker. Can you get that guitar tone though? <laughs> that's true. I mean, how what many pedal? I gives know you what. The wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of echoey. It's sort of like that. May be a complicated sound to make. That could be. That I mean, I, you know, me and guitar tone. I'm I'm definitely of the uh, plug it into the amplifier. And and just cross my fingers. And every time, and it doesn't happen very much, but anytime someone tells me after show, like I really like your guitar tone, which actually happened at the last last oh, time. Oh, did we really? Played. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah, that which was together. That that's true. Yeah, someone true. someone said they love my guitar tone, wow. which is just hilarious to me because it's just <laughs> plugging it into the amplifier, right. but and turning you know, it on. Yeah, there's something to that though. Getting out of your own way. Well, that's because it's all in your fingers, isn't it? Right. It's really the tone is all in your fingers. Yeah, and then the uh, tuning it down half a step and putting 18s on. Is that what you do? <laughs> no. Is that okay? <laughs> it's like wow, you're doing way more tricky things over than I, yeah. than I ever realized. That's no. this is fantastic. You know, I remember from my my brother, my brother Jason, who is Jason you know, Wales. Yes, yeah, we started we started the band Flatfoot together. Mm-hmm. Legend. He played. You know, he started playing long before I did, even though he's younger. You know, he's been playing since elementary school. Oh, really? That that yeah. long? Okay. Yeah, and I, I didn't get it into it. I did not get into it until college. And, you know, he would get Guitar Player or Guitar World mm-hmm. or I don't remember which one, but there's one of those he got, and I remember him just thinking it was uh, ridiculous that there's some sort of list of, like, best guitar players. Always. Or maybe it was a poll. But Kurt Cobain was a choice on there. Oh, okay. And I remember his, you know, middle school or high school age self just thinking that was absurd. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this always happens. This happened uh, uh, some years ago, probably, well, almost 10 years ago now. The same thing happened with uh, Jack White, I think. Oh, okay. And Jack White is a fine guitar player. Like, uh, no knock against Jack White. But I think he made the top 10 of a Rolling Stone poll, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. I think they had... Eddie down in the 70s or something like that. You know, it's like to stoke controversy. They just, do that. Sh- and you, oh, just, you just pop, you know, that's one, that's one more in the uh, resentment bag, right? Absolutely. absolutely. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to let it fester and then I'm going to yeah. blow it up all over the internet. Although I, I do have to say, I enjoy Jack White as a guitar player. He's great. Absolutely. I, I think he, he does some. And all right. So at, at this point, however many years into the electric guitar, mm-hmm. over half a century. Mm-hmm. It's not like anyone's doing anything revolutionary, revolutionary sure. anymore. Right. But, you know, he did. He does things with that, or at least on some of those White Stripes records, that made you take notice. Right. You know, it's not just... Because I think you we're accustomed to a level of proficiency these days that, you know, you don't notice when it's some some radio song and it's got this nice guitar part because there's so many good guitar players you don't notice what i mean half the time it's it's just it's all it's all background like it could be a person it could be a computer could be you know whatever you think proficiency is like a a standard these days you think it's a i think it's a lot more so on at the at the radio end of things at least Okay, I think, I think there's uh, the the standard the standard the average has been raised. I would say for 
popular music. Look at that. We're blowing minds here. Yeah. Van Splanin'. Van Splanin'. On the Sauropod. <laughs> The sauropod, by the way, Aaron, is what we're calling. <laughs> is, the, that, is that the family of? That's the yep. That's the that's the, over, the, oh, the network that. is uh, the sauropod, which you are now a part of. I Aaron am. Bales, oh, welcome man. to the sauropod. By the way, it's good to belong. Yeah, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to start off this project, Aaron. We've got quite a mission statement here. It's very rambly. We've got a lot of points to hit. I think this show is going to develop into something else entirely by the time we're done uh-huh. with it. But uh, so far, own. yeah, so far, so good. So we'll take this little break and uh, we come back. We'll, we'll get into it. This episode is brought to you by oranges. Fruit is a many splendored thing and none more so than that tangy round rascal of the sun, the orange. Don't be fooled by other less colorful fruit options. Oranges are so uniquely vibrant that they named an entire chunk of the light spectrum after them. Whether being squeezed into pulpy refuse for the sake of the juices within, or being held up as cartoonish eyes during a moment of impromptu whimsy, oranges are the perfect prop for zesty shenanigans of all stripes. Peel away the rind and place it in your viola case to maintain the instrument's humidity during those dry winter months. Take one orange, grab two more, and start your juggling routine. The bright, spherical nature of oranges make them ideal for an audience to follow with their eyeballs. Not sure which orange is the right model for you? Well, consider the design aesthetic. Your clementines will travel neatly in a pocket, while your mandarins remain the perfect option for a salad. Not sure about sampling a fruit with no umbilical region? Try staring into the end of a navel orange and tell me that isn't exactly what you were looking for. Yes, this symbol of prosperity and good fortune is suitable for all ages, with an aspect of family friendliness. Are you a grown-up prone to what the kids would call dad jokes? Try giving a colleague a slice of these delicious citric miracles, offer one of your most devilish grins, and then say, Orange, you glad you met me? And whether or not they actually are, you can be sure that oranges have made for an interaction that they won't soon forget, no matter how hard they try. Oranges. The only word that rhymes with blorges. Brought to you by the Federal Bureau of Circumstantial Citrus. Void where prohibited. All right, and we are back with Van Splanin. I'll tell you what, Aaron, these commercials, they just keep getting better and better every time. Every time I hear them. Absolutely. We got to sell those ads. You know, we got to sell that ad space. We got to get these products out to the listener. They need them. Yep. It's the 21st century and they need them. And I don't know if you have heard, but uh, physical retail world is suffering right now. So it's all about the internet. It's all about. So, so I've heard. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Did you hear Gibraltar Trade Center over on the east side is going down? Someone posted about that. I had no idea what that actually was. Oh, you've never seen the sign with but the man in the old uh, the old nineteen twenties bowler cap. Oh no, there's a, there's a guy who posted something about uh, between the palace and the Joe and Gibraltar Trade Center. Basically, his childhood is is on the Silver Dome too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, hey, when you're competing with eBay, silver the Silver Dome cannot compete with eBay. Let's just put that right out. I mean, that's yeah. a fact at yep. this point. We need to accept that fact. Although, if you're looking for a place to hit golf balls, Silver Dome is, is much place? better than eBay. Okay, okay. Uh, did you know that they actually? So VW has all those faulty uh, whatevers they got busted on. Yeah, the, right. You know, the right. Fuel the efficiency, or whatever. Yeah. So all those vehicles that have been taken off the market at this point they're all just parked in the silver dome parking lot seriously yeah yeah you can i did not know that yeah yeah somebody's flown a drone over there and you can see them all just just hanging out there you know last last i heard about the silver dome was when thomas mccartan was filming a movie there uh real steel steel starring hugh jackman and and some robots (laughs) yeah that was that was sort of and tom McCartan. that was his big part right he was Mm -hmm. 
Was he Hugh Jackman's crew or was he in the other guy's crew? He was... A, from was in someone's crew, right? My recollection is that Hugh Jackman is walking down what appears to be like a concourse uh-huh. in the place and in the background, leaning up against the wall like a real cool guy, is Tom <laughs> McCartan doing fake talking toward to somebody else <laughs> right. while Hugh Jackman does his lines walking past or something like that. Right. Yeah, Tom McCartan lighting up the silver screen there. Uh, check it out. Real Steel. Real uh, Steel. In stores now, if you can find a store that sells things. Because like we just said... Uh, Otherwise, just check Amazon. They're dwindling. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, we're here on Van Splanen, and we're here to talk about one very important thing, and that is the trade of Kyrie Irving to <laughs> the <laughs> Boston Celtics. Uh, controversy? Or no, I think everybody wins on this, Aaron. Yeah, and I, I don't know how much this Isaiah Thomas hip thing is is overblown. Danny Ainge says he's almost able to play basketball again. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the, the news this morning is that <laughs> Cleveland doctors checked it out and it's worse than they thought or something. Oh, really? What is this? Good thing they locked that deal in. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I don't, I don't think it's been signed yet. Oh, is this deal. one of those, they got to have a physical, that kind yeah. of thing? Okay. But I, okay. You know, then there's the conversation about is, you know, is this all a ploy just to get another pick? I mean, because he's not the thing they care about in that deal. They care about that Nets pick and then some of the other. Oh, pieces. yeah. Yeah. So they get that number one, right? They really care. Is it posturing? But speaking of sports, would you? I was thinking about this recently. I kind of feel like with music fans, uh, people who who get into music, not just uh, you know wh- whatever's on the on the radio, uh, right. but there's a, there's a part of music fans that is not unlike sports fans, and that you kind of you're rooting for a team, right? Yeah, but it, it, I think it can become tribal in it that can, in that sense. Absolutely, that, a little competitive know, sometimes. Yeah, you and got your Metallicas like, and your Megadeths. Yeah. Yeah, and are you? Uh, I mean, I remember when when we were at that sort of formative teenage years. You know, mm-hmm. are you are you grunge? Are you metal? Are you pop? Right, know, rap. Right. Whereas I I think it's a lot more. No, I'm I'm not that age anymore. But my sense is it's more fluid these days that people don't pigeonhole themselves as much. Now I I will say. Like the the first time I, I remember being aware of you know, and actually choosing music for myself, I must have been third or fourth grade at this point. Mm-hmm. And at our our elementary school, they're going to have a dance at the school carnival, mm-hmm. and the sixth graders could put together the playlist for it. Okay. So apparently, what they did is they had to have the record, and they and my my dad had the setup where he could put vinyl onto a, a cassette tape sure okay he had the good stereo he did yeah so somehow he volunteered even though it wasn't my class he volunteered to make the the plymouth sixth grade dance tape okay and apparently people people got him their records with the songs mm-hmm. and he he put this tape together yeah and that was something that was a go-to for a long time like i'd have i'd have friend over and we'd you know, I, I learned how to work the stereo system to actually play the Plymouth mixtape. Okay. And that did have, I mean, that had Cindy Lauper, it had Springsteen. Oh, man. Definitely had Van Halen. Okay. It had Michael Jackson. I mean, all it's that a stuff. time capsule. Uh, it really is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that is a, you know, now, now that's what I call music, 1985 <laughs> or whatever right, it was. Right, right. Yeah, that's all right. So for a future episode, I'm going to get the track listing. Oh, I would that, love, yeah, just yeah. so you can see me. I'm sure I know that had jump because my friend Jesse and I we'd almost like make movies to the music. Mm-hmm. You know, and the soundtrack from the from the music would be what was happening. 
you know, and of course at that age we, uh, it was it was guns and things like that. But yeah, I remember jump. You'd have to like jump off the couch and okay. <laughs> shoot the imaginary bad guy. It was a it was a, it was a soundtrack for your life. It was. Oh, that's awesome. And and I remember Cindy Lauper. I think it was Girls Want to Have Fun. Mm-hmm. That was a mind control song, and like you didn't want to dance to it, but eventually you'd, you'd have to like dance. We well, don't want to get cooties, right? Then you'd you'd like stop your friend and help him help him stop <laughs> dancing to that sort of zombie-ish kind of exactly. uh, hidden message, perhaps. Mind control, yeah. Oh, interesting. But yeah, the Plymouth the Plymouth sixth grade mix was that was the first music that I would basically choose to put on. And yeah, that that definitely had some Van Halen. That's on great. It. That's yeah. great. Well, so you had you had a good influential father then, who was able to to turn you on to some things and yes. also uh, collate the 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 popular music of the times. Uh, my dad was the same way. He gave me tapes of uh, early Beatles records and uh, Chuck Berry and Bobby Darin and stuff like that. I, I was loving it. It was great. Everything was fine. And then, uh, and then the nineties came around right? <laughs> and then music got crazy. But my dad, he's also like, he also got me into the man we're talking about. You're listening to Van Splanen, by the way, <laughs> it, we're, he got me turned on to Van Halen because my, my, my dad is a, a guitar player, an excellent guitar player in his own right. And so he he sort of gravitated towards that and and got me uh, hooked up with it. So we're gonna get we're gonna get dear old dad on this on the show at some point, and we're gonna talk about our experiences because he did take me to uh, all of my Van Halen concerts. Really, actually, yeah. What was the uh, what was the earliest Van Halen concert you went to? August second, nineteen ninety five. All right, so ninety five. They they are I mean obviously they're no longer the zeitgeist at that point. Ninety five is the end of the Sammy era, Volume One, basically. Oh really? Like okay, they, so that they, the, they Sammy leaves the group in ninety six, summer of ninety six. Okay, so ninety five is. So are they still making? I mean, like right now? Right now, that, came, comes out in nineteen ninety one. Okay, so they're they're still. There's still some relevance. Yeah, there. yeah. So like this so the 95 tour was for the album Balance, which was a number 1 record. That was their fourth number 1 in a row. So like they and they this was they had just cut their hair. That was the big deal. Like all the bands from the 80s uh, Metallica included would, would do this a couple of years later with Load and Reload. They everybody right. cuts their hair, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, we got to be grown ups a little yeah. bit, and it's the '90s. And come on, guys, yeah. Like, and people were really upset about it all, but yeah. So Eddie cuts his hair and uh, grows a goatee and starts wearing sunglasses and looks real cool and everything because he's like 40 at that point. Yeah, so I it's remember like, that. You know, like this happens. Oh, by the way, we should talk about who Van Halen is. I guess at some point. So Van Halen the ba- is a band. From uh, Pasadena, California, you've got the man himself, Edward Van Halen, on lead guitar and rhythm as well. He's the and only guitar player. Harmony vocals, right? And he does the vocals, too. He was actually the lead singer in the early days for a few, a few years. Really? Yeah, yeah, in the early 70s. Um, you've got his brother, his older brother, Alex, Alex. Van Halen, uh-huh. on the drums. And the double kick pedal. Yep, absolutely. He's he's the man who gave you that that heart stopping uh, hot for teacher <laughs> lick. Yeah. Oh man, we're gonna get into it. That's gonna yep. be a great episode when we break that one down. Um, and you've got uh, the man himself, uh, Michael Anthony, who, as you've astutely pointed out, has two first names man, for two first names, <laughs> only to be replaced by a man with 
no first names with the <laughs> yeah, right with the most exotic uh like legendary can you imagine coming into this world the being pressure named? of wolfgang <laughs> wolfgang Van Halen. Halen. that's yeah that that's a that's cross to bear right there but you know what son do what you want to follow your passions right. do what you want to do you want to play soccer go play soccer well, but your name is wolfgang, wolfgang Van Halen. <laughs> And I'm actually having you, I'm teaching you how to tap on the bass <laughs> at the age of one. Right, right. But, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Wolf, passion. So, Wolfie, but Wolfie's a member. He's a full-fledged member, and he's great, too, by the way. Wolfie, I'm sure. He's yeah. awesome. And then you've got on the vocals, you've got from 1974, I want to say, to 1984, maybe even earlier, like early 70s, you've got Diamond David Lee Roth. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from 1985 to 1996, you've got Sammy Hagar, the Red Rocker. The Red Rocker himself. <laughs> and then you've got from 1990. Uh, seven to the early two, that very early two thousands. You've got uh Gary Sharon, uh Boston's finest, from the band, formerly of the band Extreme. Right. And then you have a brief uh, recoupling with with Sammy around two thousand four. Uh, that went south quickly. And then you had uh, Diamond Dave steps back in around 2007, and he's been with the group since then, and their last tour together finished in 2015, and now nobody knows what's going on. But that is the story of the lead singers, which is overtaken. Well, and like like you say, this is, this is the story... If people are talking about Van Halen right now, that's what they're talking about. Right. It's it overshadows everything. Who's playing bass? Who's the... Who's the singer? Right. And so if you're if you're Eddie Van Halen, how annoyed are you with the entire situation? Because man, Eddie works. There are gifts and everything, but if you want to be the best at something, or close to the best, or one of the best, it's it takes a lot of effort. You know, like it's it's an obsessive thing. Yeah. It, it's uh so I'm gonna he, work really he hard. Puts in the work. Yeah, yeah. He does it. He uh what we call in the business woodsheds, right. so to speak. He did that. And he did it for your listening pleasure. And now any all anybody can talk about are these handful of blonde guys who right. slink around on the stage and wrap themselves in banners and do splits and and behave oddly at times. Uh so, you know, sometimes they can sing, sometimes not so much. But right. If you're Eddie and you just want to play your guitar with with your brother, which is what this comes down to, and now his son, right? This has got to drive him crazy. So I, I'm kind of not surprised that like you don't hear a whole lot from him because what's this guy supposed to do? You can't you can't escape that part of your legacy or whatever. Like they're inextricably linked. Yeah. How many times can I answer questions about the lead singer? Right. Before like, I just lose my mind. Did you not just see that that awesome solo I right. just whipped out there? Did like, you not see me use not just one drill but three other power tools <laughs> in the execution of a solo on this guitar that I built myself? Right. Yeah. Well. Okay. So on that note, let's 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 get into a little bit of music. I want to take you back in time, Aaron, uh, if you'll let me. I will. Does that sound okay to you? It sounds great. Okay, so we're going to get into my rock and roll time machine. You ready? You feel good? You settled in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. ready. <clears throat> Can you uh, fasten your safety belt, please? Yes, this the tray is, table uh, is upright and locked. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Aaron, we have now traveled through time and Oh that see I didn't know what was going on there. That was that we were in the time machine okay. going back in time. <laughs> 
Did you make that? I did this morning. Um, it's incredible. Now I want you to take a look around. Uh, does anything look familiar to you? It is the year is 1984, and we are in the parking lot of whatever stadium is right. uh, in Montreal, Canada. We're leaning up against someone's Trans Am. Yeah, and uh, everybody's uh, heading inside for the big show. Yeah. Um, now, this is 1984. Van Halen is officially the biggest band right. in the land, coming off of their hit songs, Jump, Panama, and Hot for Teacher, and I'll, I'll Wait. We are in Canada. There's a lot of... A lot of denim going on right now. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of hairspray, a lot of denim, a lot of hair. A lot of shotgunning of beers and whatnot. Yeah. Some uh, some jazz cigarillos being passed around, perhaps. Left-hand cigarettes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to go into the show ourselves here. And um, Am I allowed to look? Or am I yeah, absolutely. You, are, you okay. are allowed to look this one time. So what we're going to do is we're going to watch just the, just the first one minute of uh, Van Halen's 1984 tour as shown in Montreal, Canada. Okay. And I want you to pay attention. Uh, I want you to then, after we watch this, we're going to go back to the to the future, as they say, back to our time. And uh, I'm going to ask you what you just saw. And I'm going to need you to describe it for, to, for the listeners the best you can. Is this song one of the... I mean, is this the opening? Like, lights come up? This is the beginning of the show. Okay. Okay. We're, we're getting it. Okay, so we're, now we're walking in. The house lights are going down. Uh-oh. It's, it's, it's pitch black right now in this, this stadium. Except for the lighters. The crowd is going wild. They're going nuts. These people are going crazy. I, I, I can't even, Aaron, I can barely hear you. It's so loud. Listen, we got to get out of here because it's the eighties. We've already—I know—but we've already lived through this, and it was terrible at the time. So we got to go back. Oh, that gets me fired up. Okay, now we're safely back in the year two thousand seventeen. Now, can you please describe to the audience what you just saw? All right, so I—I forget the song. The song is Unchained. Song is Unchained. Mm -hmm. Right. So Eddie's spot. I mean, Eddie's Eddie's skeetily deedling before the lights come on. Yeah, yeah. Lights come on. Eddie's standing there by himself. Was shirtless? Uh, was not shirtless, but definitely sleeveless. No okay. sleeves allowed yeah, in the Van Halen no. camp. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's rocking by himself, and then the band kicks in. The lights pop on. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of bunch of fire goes on behind the stage. Mm -hmm. uh, Diamond Dave's got a big shimmery cape. <laughs> What does he do he though? Jumps, he jumps. He does the splits. He does the the, the spread eagle splits does off the, the drum kit. 
Oh, is it off the drum kit? Okay, was, yeah, yeah I, I, I couldn't see that. And the crowd they went wild. Wild, They yep. went nuts. Poof. Lights come on. You know, they they all get into it. Fireworks, Diamond Dave. Yeah. Right, right. How do you feel about that? Well, I'll tell you. I, I agree with you. That is how a show should start. I mean, like, that is arguably one of the, the best show openers I've ever seen. That's not how The Last Waltz starts. Definitely not. You don't see Rick Danko jumping off of uh, no. Levon's drum kit doing the splits 15 feet in the air. That uh, <laughs> that doesn't come along every day. No. But here's the issue, Aaron. This is this is the challenge we face, is that we get, we're going to have at least one rule on this show. <laughs> and that one rule is ignore the singer. And it's awfully hard to do when he's wearing a big spangly cape <laughs> and he's jumping he's off the jumping. drum kit. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's awesome, right? Like, let's let's give credit where credit is due. Uh, Diamond David Lee Roth is a great showman and he runs that stage. But it takes a certain kind of guy. Well, it's, it's like politicians running for office. You have to have a certain thing about you to seek out elected office. It's you know, they're not all alike. Mm-hmm. But and this, it's definitely part performance, it, though. It is, and that's why you get these people in the Oval Office who are, I mean, they've got weird personalities, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Not, not just currently, but, I mean, going back, I think especially in this modern media, you know, post-World War II era, mm-hmm. you've, you've got to have, you got you have to be very self-confident and... All that sort of stuff to you make want that. all eyes on you. There's mm-hmm. there's something about you that demands the attention of of everybody in that room, and I don't know if I personally understand it, but it's certainly a personality type. Yeah. And let's be fair here. Dave was this way. Sammy was just as much this way in oh, his sure. own right. Less uh, fewer capes with Sammy. Right. Um, It'd be hard to have more capes though. Yeah, and you know when we. When we get to the Gary years, which are going to happen, we're going to address the Gary years. Yeah, which would be good for me because I don't know anything about that. Yeah, and probably what what you do know is it might might be a little negative. Uh, but you know, it's come one, come all here on Van Splaining. Like uh, we we love it all because it's mostly about the guy playing the guitar, right? And that doesn't change. We're ignoring the singers. And right, it's always so, Eddie. Right, so it's always Eddie. But even in the Gary years, Gary. He, you can tell he's got a little bit of that, like mm-hmm. a little bit of that look at me, you know. He's but a lead singer. Right. But these are all fantastic people. We love all the members of Van Halen. And uh, also, at this point, it might be a, a great time to just, you know, just sort of uh, send out a, an open invite to anybody from the Van Halen camp who wants to come hang out on Van's plane and talk to me and Aaron about uh, all the great things that they do. I'm talking to you, Eddie, of course. Eddie, you got to come out here. Come to Michigan. Come spend a week with us. We'll we'll get into it. All right. You can come. Uh, listen. You can come stay with me. You can come stay. And well, well, I'll borrow my my mom's queen size blow up mattress. You can you can hang out. We have uh, we have full size cots. Also, I can loan you a full. Oh, the Bales cot. family. They've got cots. Yeah. They might yeah. even be able to get you your own room or something like that. We might even be able to, to pay for a, a hotel room for you, Edward, if you want to come chill with us and uh, talk about. Your awesome squiddly doos. Uh, but that, you know, Alex, same thing. Open invite. Wolfie. Wolfie. Wolfie, yeah. you got a record coming out soon. Wolfie, you want to come on here and talk about your dad? I would love that. Uh, where's the kind? Con- is it, is it going in the show notes? Where's the, uh, where's the contact information? Oh, the contact be? info, you would send that to info at the S 
a u r o p o d yeah you got it buddy okay. you got it the sauropod.com and you can also uh check out uh the show on our website you can go to the the sauropod.com and you can find uh, links to your twitter and your facebook and your instagram i'm assuming we're going to have those things we probably will uh, it's all online these days, yeah, Aaron. It seems, as we like, said, seems like you need to. Be. You're not going to find us in the stores. There are no more stores. It's right. all on the internet. <laughs> okay, so we've been talking for 40 minutes now, <laughs> and we've not necessarily gotten to the start of the show. The pithiness, right? Right, and it's all gold. We'll keep yeah. all of it. Uh, I think we can we can both agree on that. And li- you, you listeners too. I know you've you've not shut this off. Uh, I, mean, I guess if you're still here, by definition, <laughs> clearly you have technically not shut this off. And for that, we thank you. So anyway, in summation, what this show is about. Well, Aaron, you're you are a father. I and, am and a yes. teacher. Proud, proud father, husband, teacher. And so I'm sure you feel that pull of I need to sort of uh pay forward the best that humanity has to offer there's a part of me i want to share the knowledge that i have i want to filter out the bs and i want to pass on the good stuff i am not a father uh nor a teacher so this is what i have i'm just a podcaster so (laughs) (laughs) this is this is my version of that basically was WYSIWYG right uh, WYSIWYG from what, what you see is what you get. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Fezziwig from A Christmas Carol. Right. The old man. They go back yeah. in the past, and he helps a young, a young Scrooge, bringing it back around, threading that needle. Uh, a young Scrooge McDuck get his first job before he becomes a duck. <laughs> anyway, you are still listening to Van Splainin, by the way, on the Sorapod. And so we've begun our adventure at this point, and I feel like this is actually a great time to maybe wrap up episode one of Van Splainin'. Uh, I thought we were going to get into way more here, but it turns out... I mean, well, we're just we're, we're setting the ground rules and stuff. We're cruising at this Establishing point. identities. Yeah, we're trying to get to cruising So episode altitude. two, I get to hear more music, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. going to be... <laughs> we're definitely no, I, I'm not, this, is, this is great. I'm, I don't mind this at all. Just, just so that folks know, if you're on the fence... Oh, we're going to be rocking. Come to the next episode. Oh, my God. There's going to be more music. We're going to be rocking. Yeah. Because we're going to get into, to, to sort of lay out for, for everybody how this is going to work. Like, we're not going to go chronologically, necessarily. We're not going to go album by album. I'm going to pick the most awesome tracks off of these records, the most uh, guitar-centric tracks, and we're going to kind of dig into them a little bit. But meanwhile, we are going to try to, like, have a narrative here. So next next show, next episode, we are going to be getting into uh, Van Halen 1. And we're going to be listening to a particular track off of that. I won't tell you right now what it is. I'm excited. It's going to be great. But it it should be pretty great. So for right now, thanks for listening. And we'll figure out what our sign-off is at some point. But you you got anything? What do we say when we say goodbye? Boy, I mean, I... I Jamie, don't cry. (laughs) Don't cry, Jamie. We'll vansplain to you why not. (laughs) Beautiful. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.